Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Peter Vexelman. Peter, thank you so much for being with us. Great to be here, Jeff. Great to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners first who you are, where you're from? Where I'm from currently is Atlanta, Georgia. Headquartered here. Actually, have a couple of different places here. I'm from my in-town place right now. We also got a lake house about 40 minutes up the road. And I do real estate deals. But the interesting thing is I do very few deals around where I live, which is totally counterintuitive to whether you're a real estate agent or a real estate investor. I actually do real estate deals all over the country. Nice. Yes, likewise. And it's always great to hear that. We're going to have a lot of interesting things to talk about today. What got you into the real estate industry in the beginning, though? Gosh, well, like in so many things in our lives, it just kind of happened. I had just gotten out of another business. I had uh, set up and built a franchising business, actually, uh, unrelated industry, merchant services. At a point in Mm. time, I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. It got even too big for me as an entrepreneur. So I sold out of that. And one day was sitting with somebody and trying to figure out what to do next with my life. They gave me a book by a gentleman named Lonnie Scruggs. And if anybody's ever been in the mobile home business, they know Lonnie. Lonnie's like the grand poopa of mobile homes. And I'd never even heard of mobile homes back then. And I read it, called him the next morning, found his number. I said, most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. And um, he happened to have a seminar coming up that weekend. So jumped in the car, went to a seminar, came back home. That Tuesday, bought my first mobile home and within three years had the largest mobile home mobile home brokerage here in Georgia. And then overnight, the wheels fell out of that business. The financing just fell out. So we couldn't get financing for our back-end buyers. And that's how I transitioned from mobile homes into the real estate industry. Got it. Got it. Got your foot in the door. And how long ago was that? That Lonnie Scruggs oh. seminar, you're sitting there. <laughs> that's well into 24, 25, 22 years ago, something like that, 23 years ago. Right. And you just evolved when, you know, the the floor kind of fell out from under you with that particular opportunity within real estate. You just kept moving, moved on to single family homes and and doing investing. So tell me about partner driven. That's what you're up to today. Well, just so you know, I've taken plenty of falls after I got in the real estate business. You know, I, I don't know too many success stories in a real estate business that went from zero to hero without a lot of challenges. So right. this business beat me up pretty bad along the way. But but what I do now, years and years and thousands of deals down the road, is I do have a partner model. Matter of fact, 100% all the deals I do now are just with everyday people across the United States. And... Um, we partner up with them and we do deals, you know, from our end, what we need is we need local boots on the ground. You know, we all know that real estate is still a pretty local business, especially if you want to be somewhere over an extended period of time, not just kind of have one-offs here and there. So they, the, the local partner in essence does become our boots on the ground, but in turn, what we offer to them is, um, you know, we really offer them everything they need to be successful. You know, as you know, being in a real estate business, there are certain things you need to have in this business to be successful. They're kind of non-negotiable. A, you got to know what you're doing. So we coach our partners very intensely. Uh, B, you have to find opportunities. I don't care how smart you are. If opportunities aren't coming your way, you're in trouble. We actually generate leads for our partners right where they live. 
We provide them technology to make decisions. And then I give them unlimited capital pretty much to close on these deals. And then when we sell them, we just split the profits down the middle 50-50. So that is the partner-driven model. And this is what we've been doing for years now and and, uh, having tremendous successes with it, with everyday people literally all over the country. Amazing. Great story. And really, if you had unlimited capital coaching and leads driven to you, I mean, even as a real estate agent, an active agent, you could go from 10 deals a year to 100, right? Because now you have essentially unlimited resources. So that is a huge value add. One of my questions, because my model with my own brokerage on the sales side is I came from the marketing agency world where I was generating leads for top 1% real estate brokers and mortgage brokers all over the nation for four years. And then I got my license and decided, you know what? My unique value proposition is finding deals. Everyone's looking for the deal, right? So I decided, you know, I'm already an investor. Why don't I generate a a listing appointment or a a deal of someone who's interested in a cash offer? And then if they want to do off-market, cool, I'll wholesale it. I don't have to go list it and force myself into that box just because I have my real estate license. So what we're doing is very much in line. And one question I have for you, which is kind of a personal question to you is, can you source can you fund deals from like the two to $10 million range? I can tell you, I'm almost 97, 98% of all of our deals are, remember, I'm not a lender. This is very important to understand. I don't lend money to my partners. I partner with them. And this is an important distinction, which means not only as a partner, does my partner receive all the upside of the deal, but since it's my person, since it's our money, we get rid of all the risk. If I was a lender, the other partner would be assuming a risk if something goes wrong. And, and let me tell you something, thousands of deals later and a couple of decades later, things still go wrong. Okay. And so because I'm a partner, I assume all the risk. Having said that, it have to be in a partnership format. And almost all my deals are single family homes. That's our wheelhouse. That's been my wheelhouse for a couple of decades. You know, every once in a while we'll do one-off commercial or something like that. But the wheelhouse, what the team here is set up for, where the support is set up for, where the infrastructure is set up for is single family homes, really. Good to know. And if it were to branch into that couple times a year commercial, it would probably be small multifamily, right? It'd be two. It would be two. Number one, it would be with a proven partner. Okay. It would be somebody I know, somebody that's already in the program for a while, somebody that, uh, because the partner does have not liability, but responsibility at that local level. part of it. It's Mm -hmm. a big part of it. You know, we're getting our information from that person. So A, it has to be somebody that's already been a seasoned partner and B, you're right. It's probably not going to be a low rise or a high rise. It's going to be on a lower end, you know, because the model is to turn, 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 turn as quickly as possible, create, you know, tremendous amount of velocity with partners and tremendous amount of uh, money in each other's pockets. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, Throughout your real estate career, what has been the single most important action that you've taken on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? Well, I could tell you the single most important thing I do has nothing to do with real estate. You know, I, awesome. I tend to keep habits. And, and what I tell people is 
you know, then like for my kind of personal philosophy in life, I don't care if you're a real estate investor or an accountant or a dry cleaner. Um, what I tell people is, you know, you got to figure out what your lanes of life are. What, what are the things that are important to you? Like for me, there's three lanes that I stay in on a daily basis. And that's something to do with my health, wealth, or happiness. And those are my three most important lanes that I stay in. And as a result of staying up, you know, leveling up in those levels, you know, on the health level, constantly leveling up on the happiness level with the people I surround myself with and the things that I do in the lifestyle, you know, on the wealth, obviously growing the business, as long as I stay focused in those three lanes and do not deviate too much out of those, everything else works out. And, and, and the interesting thing is, I can honestly say I have not seen the probably the last 2000 deals I've done. I know I haven't seen them. I know I haven't seen them, you know, because I understand that, <clears throat> The key most, and I don't know if it's, it's a habit you would call, but the most important thing I could do for my business specifically is I got to paint up a right vision for everyone. You know, obviously I got to make sure the cash flow is there and I got to surround myself with the right people. So I guess if you were to say in terms of business, the most important thing I've done is I'm pretty good at getting the right people around me and that those people execute everything I do. You know, I'm just kind of the talking head behind the whole thing now, but I've been very fortunate, very fortunate, spent an enormous amount of time. And by the way, I still do looking for the right people to add to my team all the time. Well, hey, that's a great skill. Many of the top leaders in the world, the Steve Jobs, the, the really visionary thinkers, talk about surrounding themselves with people that are smarter than them in specific areas of the business and how that has been a catalyst to their success. So what a great skill to focus on. And you know, no wonder why you've been able to build over the 20 years. You're not focusing on being a solopreneur and mastering every aspect of the business. It's like you can put people in place and yeah. they need a leader to be able to paint the vision and the future and someone to look up to and hold them accountable. So that's a win-win. No question. What has, what has been your most uh, profitable lead generation source? I mean, you have this network of boots on the ground. You said that you generate leads for them, probably through some digital marketing or mailers. But you know, is, is there any one thing that is great for wholesale deals? Well, look, the basics are the basics, you know, and, you know, I hear people say, well, direct mail doesn't work anymore. That's not true. Direct mail worked for me two decades ago and direct mail still works. Totally still works. Yep. So, you know, when you say what's the greatest, what's the best, I don't know if there is greatest or best, but there is better and there is worse. And so the way I like to do it when it comes to marketing and lead gen is break it up really just in two categories. One category is what we call the outbound lead, right? And that's the lead that you pick up the phone, you call, hey, interested in selling, you knock on the door, hey, interested in selling. Outbound leads is by far the cheapest way of doing it. You know, it's what for I sure. did for the first number of years, right? Mm -hmm. That's the upside is it's cheap. The downside, it's the most, it's the most time consuming. Yep. And, and it's probably the least qualified kind of lead. The other side of kind of lead is an inbound lead. An inbound lead is somebody who's up the phone and calls you, whether it's because of some action you've taken or maybe a reputation you have or for whatever other reasons. And so that's what I really, how I break up the leads. The goal, the goal as an investor is to get to his inbound as much as possible. And I don't care how they're coming in inbound. I just want as much inbound as possible, knowing, understanding that in the beginning, whether you're a realtor, whether you're an investor, you're going to have to do a lot of outbound. And let's face it, you know, I think we'll all agree inbound is always better. And then if you just strictly focus on that side of the equation and you kind of zero in, well, in that side, what is the best? Look, we live in the world of technology right now. I mean, I, you know, I think it's no question that 
you know, web-based lead, a Facebook type of a lead is probably the best inbound only because you have the ability to qualify that lead. You know, you could put a billboard up and that'll be inbound lead, but that's a very unqualified lead. Like, what do they know about you? That you potentially could buy the house. Whereas if you do it electronically, you could have a form filled out, you can gather information. So inbound in terms of class and within that class, probably the best kind is uh, electronically generated, a web generated, some kind of a, a lead source. Makes total sense. And hey, I run a digital marketing agency that focuses on real estate lead generation. So you are speaking my language. And is the lead generation part, the digital aspect, something that's included in the partner-driven platform? Yeah, what we do is we actually, number one, we own an app called Deal Driven. And Deal Driven is an app that you could pretty much run your whole business through. You could drive for dollars through it. You could pull lists. You could skip trace. You could do direct mail through there. You could find out equity components. Well, what we do is for our partners, we literally extract data out of that app. Let's say, you know, in the 30 zip codes where the local partner lives, we pull out all the most qualified type of potential sellers. And, you know, there's different ways of stacking it. You know, we want equity play, maybe out of state owner play, you know, the usual. And then we actually take those lists and insert them into our proprietary CRM system, marketing CRM system. And that CRM system starts marketing on the partner's behalf. Like it might do text messages, voicemail drops, emails. And when that seller raises their hand and is like, hey, yeah, I'm the guy that wants to sell, boom, that lead then goes to the seller. Lead goes to the, the boots on the ground person in that area. The person that goes yeah. to the local partner. That's exactly yeah. right. That's yep. awesome. That makes total sense. Yep. And seems like a turnkey system. So love that. Definitely want to check it out for myself. You know, I'm, I'm open to wholesaling, you know, anything. And uh, it's, it's funny. When you do a couple deals, I experienced this myself, you start to look at houses differently when you're driving, when you're just, you know, you're on vacation, you're just driving through some other city and you're like, oh, that one, right? And you, you just see the, the, the grass is not taken care of, the shrubs outside, you're like, well, the inside probably looks like the outside, that would be a great deal. And you almost want to just pull over and make an offer in a, in a market you have not, you know, nothing about, just because you start to look at all the opportunity that's around you all the time. So with that being said, you mentioned a lot about partner driven and I'm curious about, you know, any books that have greatly influenced your life or career. Do you have uh, like one to three book recommendations? I'll tell you the one book that has changed my career around is a book that's been written a, a while back, but has been, uh, I think we re revisited a number of times and it's a book called who moved my cheese. Yep. Great. And one. It's a very powerful. It's a, it's a perfectly fitting book for anyone from both a personal perspective and a business perspective. And especially in the world today that we live in, a very hyper you know, econo economy, everything is 24-7 cycles, tremendous amount of change. But the philosophy of that book is very simple. You cannot remain, you cannot remain stagnant. And my philosophy on that is very simple. Stagnation is created in two ways. One, when somebody's just constantly losing in life, they get stagnant, they start accepting it. But stagnation is also created when someone's winning in life, because they kind of just, they, they think it's just going to last forever and ever. Well, what that mm. book says basically is nothing lasts forever and ever, as we know, anyone has been around for a while. And the point of the book is that you always have to learn how to reinvent yourself. The cheese in essence is always moving. The cheese is always moving. 
And I've been on both sides of the equation. I've been on the sides of the equation where I did accept mediocrity on an ongoing basis. And I've been on the equations where things were going so well, I got too cocky about it. I got too, too stagnant. And then when all of a sudden, whether it's a market changes or something else changes. So the Who Movement book is an incredible book that you have to learn. And today, today, I could tell you, we here at Partner Driven, we are constantly reinventing ourselves from a perspective like we're just talking about lead sources, opportunities you know, how we look at certain things and all that. So I would say from my end, Who Moved My Cheese is an incredible, incredible book for uh, for uh, people to really not only read, but then utilize what it teaches. Makes total sense. I'm curious if you read that before you got into mobile homes or after. I did. Yeah, I did. A mentor of mine a long time ago taught okay. that. And as a matter of when I read it, it didn't make sense to me too much. And then when I really, really became an entrepreneur, it made tremendous, tremendous amount of sense. Yep, absolutely. And you exemplified it when the mobile home lending stopped and you had to then reinvent yourself and now start going after single family homes and different types of properties. And the concept of the book is so simple. Two mice, one block of cheese. They come there each day and, and eat, right? And then all of a sudden, one day the cheese is gone. One mouse he decides to just sit there forever and wait and hope that it comes back. And the other mice, the mouse immediately starts searching for the block of cheese. So really great, simple analogy and super applicable. Love that. You alluded to something earlier. You said, you know, no one does real estate for any long period of time and doesn't have some, some, you know, some scars or some failures. So do you have a favorite failure of yours? Something that set you up for later success? Well, I'll tell you, number one, I have a very different philosophy on what you just said. You know, sometimes people think, well, I learned the most when I fail. And I don't, you know, that's just totally not true. Because when you're failing, you're obviously doing something wrong. You're learning when you're doing something right. You are not learning when you're failing. But what you are getting is you're getting tough snails. You're getting very mm-hmm. tough when you're failing. And, and that's, that's kind of the philosophy I follow. You know, but I had two big failures in real estate that did help teach, that did actually teach me some stuff. And, but most importantly, got me tough as nails. One, when I got started, as I got started, um, I actually, I was, I don't know if that's unusual or not, but I did start with some money. You know, I brought in about a half a million dollars in with me, which, you know, you could say gave me an edge, but what really did is it made me make a terrible, terrible error. And it gave me an attitude of cockiness. It gave me an attitude of, I know how to do this thing by myself. And literally within six months, I lost everything. A couple months later, I was pretty much homeless. I mean, you know, as close as you get to it. And that was the first time I really realized that nothing was wrong with real estate, that the real estate was a business and it was obviously inevitably working business. And that's when I scraped a couple of bucks together and invested in, in into my first mentor. And it took me three years to get back to zero, three years, because I was about 700,000 in a hole at that point. So arguably for the first three years, I worked for nothing. But Barton taught me some very, very important principles, both about life and about uh, this business. And two years from that point that I got to zero, I looked at one morning, I woke up, look at my checking account, there's a million bucks in there. And so, um, if there, like I said, I don't believe, you know, when you're failing, you're mostly just getting tough, which is important. But I guess along the way, you, you do learn some nuggets. And that's when I learned the nugget of never being arrogant, uh, the nugget of not thinking I know it all, the nugget of being coachable, because that was really the first time in life I'd really been coached by anyone when it comes to anything to do with business. That's why I just, to me, it wasn't, 
It was kind of like, you know, we figured out mobile homes by ourselves. We created, figured out merchant services by ourselves. I had, you know, um, so I learned you got to be coachable and you got to be visionary. And um, my second disaster happened in 08. And, you know, for anyone that knows about 08, pretty much if you were, if you were doing anything, you got swapped. But what I learned in 08, um, the, if, if I learned anything, was something very interesting is I learned that, again, if I had gotten out of the real estate business in 08, like seven or eight months earlier, I would have saved myself so much money, so many headaches. But again, this whole thing of arrogance got into I didn't want people to know I was in trouble. And so I was sinking, sinking, sinking. I should have just dropped in the parachute and floated out like so many people did. But I just sunk all the way to zero. And so there I learned to sometimes you got to know when to get out. And um, so, you know, got totally destroyed in 08 and then re-entered the business very quickly. I think I only took about six months off just to regroup. And, um, and it's been a meteoric ride ever since then. Yes, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing both of those experiences. Definitely a lot of learning lessons from those and, you know, set you up now to be tough as nails and, and smarter because you had a lot of wins along the way too. So what's one of the best or most worthwhile investments you ever made? Now, this could be non-monetary. You've already mentioned coaching, but does anything come to mind when I ask that question? I will tell you, it's the same thing I said before. It's an investment into people. You know, I could tell you my, the time, the effort, the dead ends, investing into the wrong people, you know, but all of that got me to where I am today, where I have an incredible team behind me that, you know, supports my partners that literally span the whole United States now. But there's no question the most important, the most worthwhile, the biggest investment I have ever made was assembling the right people around me. There's there's no question about it. And I still do that. You know, it doesn't even have to be in the real estate business, you know. You know, like I said, I stay in those three lanes, health, wealth, and happiness, you know. So on the on the health side, I invest into a team that helped me with that. You know, on the happiness side, you know, I always investing into the right relationships on a personal level and the business level and all that. So across the board, I think the most important investments I've made and to continue still make is in the people that I try to surround myself with and the people that I ultimately align myself with. Makes sense. You have a lot going on. You have partner driven, you have deals coming by all the time, right? You're funding stuff all over the nation. So what's your process for evaluating what to say no to? When you say deals or just overall life in general? Could be deals, could be, you know, different vendors trying to pitch you. Uh, (laughs) Could be, yeah, just do you have any type of process? On the deal side, it's very simple. Everything is numbers driven. You know, real estate is a numbers driven business. It's not an emotion business. It's not a well. I think this, or you know, you know, sixty years down the road, they're going to bring a, you know, they're going to put a Walmart here. That's not how I do invest. Everything I do is 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 strictly from a numbers perspective. And I've one of the things that, and when it comes to people, is I have very good ops people around me. Very good ops people. So when we work with our partners, uh, this, the operation we have set up in terms of how we onboard them, how we communicate with them, the process that somebody goes through, you know, okay, here's a potential deal. Okay. Every partner knows at what point to get our office involved. They know, you know, how to correctly evaluate a deal. They know how to correctly screen a deal. They know how to, when to get the contract from the office. So we're a very systematized, very systematized. We have a very systematized, you have to have a systematized process as you know, 
you know, being on your side. Well, can you imagine having hundreds of people (laughs) across the the country? And if if the systems were in place, it would be just... uh, it, it would be chicken, you know, with, the, with their head cut off. So everything in, in, in for our partners is systematized. Uh, in terms of outside real estate, you know, that's a good question. I don't think I invest my time necessarily into people that just show up in my life out of the blue. What I mean by that is I try to have a vision of what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish, not like a 20, 30 year vision. I'm talking about like a short term vision, like you know, I run, I, there's two questions I'm always focused in on. What is wrong so I could fix it and what's going well so I could do more of it. So the people that I tend to bring into my life, whether it's a vendor, whether it's an alignment relationship, a business relationship, answers those questions, answers those questions. Okay, this is working. This is working great. So how do we scale it? Okay, this is what we have to do. We have to align ourselves with this vendor, or I have to have this type of individual come in to help us get to the next level. Here's a hole. How do I plug it? Okay, so this is the person that's going to help me plug this hole, or this is the vendor. So I think, not I think, I know probably 90, 95% of the people that come into my life is because I I, I I initiate those conversations and I, and I initiate that because it helps me drive everything forward in my life. Having said that, there's some people in my life who are just been there forever and they'll call and like, hey, Pete, this is a person you got to meet or this is a thing that you got to take a look at. And just because of the credibility and the, the longevity relationship, obviously, I'm always going to honor that. Yep. Makes total sense. What are some bad recommendations that you hear given to real estate professionals? I think the biggest one is that, you know, hey, if you're broke, go get in real estate. You know, you could just do real estate. And 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 I know what they're getting at. I mean, like conceptually from where I am, I understand what they're getting at. But I could tell you, it's a tough business. If you're broke and you're trying to do it yourself, you know, that it takes no money. Even these techniques that, you know, used to like wholesaling, you know, for people that do this across the country, here's what you don't know about wholesaling. Wholesaling is changing literally in front of us. You know, whereas you used to be able to wholesale, not bring money to closing, those days are changing quickly. Even if it's a back cash transaction, a back end, you know, a lot of times in many places, we now have to front, you know, fund the front end. And if you happen to be living in one of those parts of the country and you think, oh, I'm just going to go wholesale because I don't need any money. You better wait till you get to that first closing and find out, oh, here, you do have to fund the front end deals. So I think that's a big misconception. Not only because maybe you can't structure something that doesn't require money, but nothing happens in real estate overnight, okay? Very few things happen. And if they happen overnight, it's because you got lucky. So if if you're doing this by yourself and you're totally broke and you listen on TV, oh, real estate is the perfect business for you, I'd say that's... That's probably not correct. You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, yeah, real estate's a one man, one woman show business. I don't think that's correct. I mean, I wouldn't gone to the levels I've gotten thousands of deals by being a one man or a one woman show. You know, real estate, it's got a lot of moving pieces in it. And a lot of these moving pieces, people don't even know about. Like who got into real estate to process paperwork? Like who in the world, like, I, you know, no one ever wakes up one morning and says, gosh, I love doing admin work. So let me get into real estate, right? But guess what? If you get into real estate, you're going to have to do that. So the real estate has a lot of moving pieces. So there are certain skill sets you need in order to be successful. You know, you got to be able to build teams around you and all that. So no money, bad advice. I hear it to this day. I used to hear it more, but I still hear it that you could be, you know, don't need any money to do this with. And that, uh, you know, you could just do it all yourself. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't need the right people around you. Just, you know, 
go to YouTube and verify everything through that. Another, another bad piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully that saves some out there that, uh, that might be listening. A lot of my listeners are, are top real estate professionals. So they've kind of gone through that, but you know, it, it is a good thing to bring up that a lot of new agents come through and they see the nice cars and the nice clothes and they feel like real estate's just easy money and, and they, they get slapped with the reality of the matter that still got to work very hard. Most people fail. And especially when it comes to wholesaling and creative deal structure, yeah, you need support in that. <laughs> That's not your everyday transaction. And, you know, Peter has put together an incredible network that you can tap into immediately. So definitely check Partner Driven out. I, I do have another question for you here. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Getting up early. Getting mm. up early. You know, I, and, and I'm a big believer in, 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 in getting up early for a lot of reasons. One, you're creating time. You know, people are always like, I don't have enough time. I don't have time. And well, wake up earlier and you create an extra 365 hours in a year. I mean, what can you do with the next 365 years? You know, whether it's your side hustle, your main hustle. So, so you get up, I get up early uh, to create time. You know, by the time I'm up, guess what my competition's doing? They're sleeping. So I got, mm -hmm. you know, in the hours I wake up around 4, 4.30, that gives me an extra two to three hours a day above my competition. Tell me, you know, if you run a marathon and the, your competitor starts two hours ahead of you, what are the chances you have of ever catching that person? I get up earlier because I think, and I've seen a lot of studies on this, that our minds tend to work better in the mornings. It's a lot clearer. I get up early because it's a great time of not being disturbed, right? My phone's not blown up. My emails are not constantly coming in. It's a time for me to, you know, reflect. That's a time for me to kind of charge and set the mood for the day. You know, there's certain mental behaviors I do on a daily basis. And I know that if I got up when the whole world gets up, then you just get boom, thrown into that lane. Whereas if I get up ahead of time, I could set my mind straight. I can get my mood straight. I can, I could strategize through what needs to be done. So that has been probably the last several years, the number one thing. And I preach it. I preach it to all my partners. I preach it to everyone who says, Hey, what, what are some of these success pillars you always talk about? I think that's one of the top ones. Makes sense. Couldn't agree more. I had this stint in high school when I got up at 5am and I would either surf or work out. And by the time that I arrived at school, I had already gotten an incredible workout, showered, shaved, looked fresh, felt great. And I see kids showing up in the parking lot, screeching in, rolling out in their pajamas. And I already felt at that age that I had an edge just from, from getting up and doing that. And, you know, that just transitioned now into today, you know, woke up this morning, 5, 5.30, working out first thing, come back, feed my body make my important phone calls, get my critical tasks done before the notifications and the meetings start to happen. It's a common thread and it's a common thread amongst, you know, top producers for a reason. So great tip there. Is there a question I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? No, I mean, I think you asked the great questions. I think the only thing that, you know, you ask a lot of these success minded success things and, and you know, you know, What's the number one tip I have for people in terms of success? The waking up earlier, you know, I try to, you know, tell people there's pillars of failure and there's pillars of success. I think that the number one pillar of success is alignment. And this is the pillar that most people miss the most. But the key to being successful, the key to leveling up, it's not the work the hardest. It's not being the smartest guy in a room. It's not outwork your, it's none of that. I mean, those things sure help, 
but that's not how you do it. You do it by aligning yourself with the right people. That's how you really accelerate. That's how you go through into overdrive. And that's how you really, really, really get to very high levels. So to me, the one ultimate, ultimate pillar of success is the ability to align yourself with the right people. Great tip. How can listeners contact you? Well, if they're interested in the partner model where we partner with people, they can just go right straight to the website, partnerdriven.com, www.partnerdriven.com. They just want to learn more about me and kind of how I do things and what I do. Probably social media is the best way. Go to my, let's say, Instagram and it's Peter Beck. It's Instagram.com slash Peter Vexelman. And there they could really get to know me a lot more and see what I do, how I do things, my philosophy and things and all that. So... And through Instagram, they could also, you know, contact me personally about the partnership program and all that. Awesome. I will link to those below. Peter Vexelman, everyone, partner driven, helping anyone who's interested in uh, real estate investment and wholesaling to accomplish that dream with essentially unlimited capital coaching and so many resources. Definitely check him out. If you're an agent, if you're not an agent, this is an incredible opportunity and really appreciate your time. I know it's valuable and and I appreciate you spending some with me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.